Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Homo Sapiens. It's a delightful episode we've got for you today because sitting with me is one of my favourite pop stars. It is the delightful Joseph Salvat, who has been releasing music for some time now. And every time he releases an album, it blows my mind. And I think you can't do better than this. And then he does. So <laughs> it is such a pleasure to have you here. Um, welcome, Joseph. Thank you. And we're celebrating, <laughs> I'm calling it a celebration, we're celebrating your new album, which is called Islands. If anybody hasn't listened, please, God, have a listen. What else have I got to tell you before we get on with a lovely chat? Have you been listening to the recent episodes? I hope you're all caught up. If you haven't, head to the feed listeners. You can get everything you should desire there and then. Stay in touch. We love to hear from you. It's hello at homosapienspodcast.com. It's at homosapiens on Instagram. Also, we're going to be hearing from you a lot this episode, listeners, because it's World Record Store Day coming up on April the 23rd. And so we are going to be talking today about the first records you ever bought. What are your guilty pleasures? Do we even believe in guilty pleasures? And lots of funny questions that you've been answering on Instagram and you've been sending in your answers and they are hysterical. So lots of trips down memory lane for music with the wonderful Joseph. How are you, Joseph? I'm great. I'm really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm particularly excited because tomorrow, for the first time in two years, I'm going home to Australia. Wow, okay. But I haven't seen my family since before COVID, so... God, that's a big... Two years, long time. Have you been sort of staying obviously you've been staying in touch a little over zoom but has that just been really weird i mean it's been i've been out of i've been living out of australia since i was like 23 okay so we're kind of used to that um we don't do zoom actually we just do facetime audio uh, audio only facetime audio only yeah wow. occasionally video and what's the thinking there I, actually my parents live in the middle of nowhere and have really bad internet so i see that's, it's just practicality but um no we speak a lot really a lot yeah like every day that's so nice so then because i was filming in australia and i was in the south so it's slightly different but the time zones change constantly Mm -hmm. so there surely Mm -hmm. are periods where it's really tricky to talk every day yeah i mean it's a it's a nightmare trying to keep track of whether we've gone into daylight savings they've gone into daylight savings of it um but I mean, you can usually you can usually get there in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Like we we usually always have a ch- chat European morning time. And um, but I mean, we didn't speak every day before this two year period. But this two year period has meant that it's sort of yeah, brought you together. Day now. What? Yeah, I, I think so. Or or apart. I'm not sure how great the conversations <laughs> are. It's it's just something that has to be done. 
conversations with families can be a little intense, can't they? Because mm-hmm. they're supposed to flow. If, yeah, no, they don't. Sometimes we'll just sit there in silence mm-hmm. and do things in silence, like being in this. Do you do that with like friends and stuff where you just sit? Yeah, on, I love that. Like, like during the lockdown, it's sort of very, there's something very um, intimate about it sitting in silence with another person on the other end of the phone. Yeah, like it will turn into that sometimes with really good mates. Like you'll sort of be yeah. talking and then they'll be like, oh, I was going to get, you know, they'll be like, I was thinking about getting some new curtains. They'll be like, oh, I'll, I'll go and get them and see if they fit. And then suddenly they start doing something else. So then you sort <laughs> yeah. of, it develops into like, you're just doing your chores now. But yeah. it's very, my mom, me and my mum do it as well. It's, it's really nice, isn't it? I love it. I love it. Because um, it, 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 it temporarily distracts you from the fact that in this case I haven't seen it for two years but I mean usually it's mum and dad in the same room I'm an only child right so it's just there's no and um it's them in the same room and we just chat about everything that's going on what do you think about what people say about only children because I feel there is a relevance here that a lot of queer people who are having kids I feel like it's so much more expected that you would only have one because it's such a huge thing to do whichever route you go adoption or you know blah blah um what is that experience like personally I hated it really and yeah yeah yeah, I hated (laughs) it and I still (laughs) still do um and and like a lot of the things that people say about only children like derogatory things Mm. I think they're totally justified and often when and often it's 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 often this like spoiled thing and when when I was younger I thought the spoiled thing was material Mm. spoiling right and I was like that didn't happen to me I'm fine I'm but it's, it's, it's emotional spoiling. It's attention spoiling. Mm. And it affects every single relationship you have in the rest of your life, I think, as you, as you get older. Really? Um, <laughs> I, I literally thought you were going to say, as you can hear from the albums. I thought that's what that just as you, well, Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there you go as well. It's all through it. I'm, I'm looking back at the three now because I feel like this last one, Islands, is a bit of a... It's, it's a chapter closer in many, really? many ways. It's, yeah, yeah. A cycle has definitely come to an end. Mm. And, um, and the three of them sort of... And yeah. Absolutely. They're the albums of an only child, for sure. Really? Um, yeah, way too much time on my own to think about stuff that doesn't really warrant being thought about. But um, I have a friend, my friend Mario. She's married to um, Rich, who Rich Cooper, who produced um, Nights from my first album. And ah, right. The second one. And she's an only child as well, yeah. and she loves it. And she only wants to have one kid. And yeah, so, and I don't, like, we've spoken at length about it and I still, for years, and I still don't really understand why she likes it. Yeah. But I mean, I, I find it over, overwhelming, you know, the, like, there's, there's a lot of pressure, particularly as your parents start to age. Mm. Um, yes. And I think it's, so, I think I was poorly socialized. Really? Well. Yeah, absolutely. Were you so, always in the middle of nowhere as well? No, I grew up in Sydney. They left Sydney when, oh. I, when I went to university. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. But I mean, I mean, may as well have been, really. I didn't, <laughs> didn't have a lot of friends at, like in primary school and stuff like that. I spent a lot of time with mum and dad and their friends. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And see, I, I always love kids who are like that, but obviously I do because it means they're not breaking stuff. Um, <laughs> but so let's talk a bit yeah, about. They're know-it-alls. Yeah. They're, know-it-alls. they're like, anyway, when I was reading Charles Dickens, you're like, get yeah. out of it. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Islands because I just love it. I think it's extraordinary. Thank you. I don't know. You managed to like switch genres so easily and do songs (laughs) that sound like one thing. Sounds like the best of the best of one thing. And then you'll do another song that sounds completely different. It sounds like the best of the best of that. Is there a part of you, like, do you songwrite with people as well? As in, do you help other people write their music? Um, I've only done it twice, um, Mm. written with other artists. 
Um, and then I've done, you know, I've, I've written songs that have been used by other people and stuff like that, that I wrote yeah. myself, but, um, I've only, I'm not an expert at that. That's something that I want to now have a look at more working with other people mm. to, to hone their vision of what they want to be. Yeah. I just feel like, sorry, this is a slightly weird thing to say about an album, but it's like, it's so rare to hear someone who does that so well. The, ju- the jumping between a the genre yeah. stuff. It's just because I get bored. Right. I gen like I get bored. And I also get bored of albums that sound the same. Mm-hmm. And I know that's the hallmark of a great album and all that sort of stuff, a consistency of Sonic and all that. But I like variation. I also like the way I'm listening to music now, I'm I rarely I mean this has been said ad infinitum. We we're not listening to albums anymore. Yeah. We're listening to playlists, this you know, multiple genres within the same thing. I will not often put on an album because mm. I never sit still long enough, quite honestly. So I tend yeah. to like I tend to be moving around and the music's yeah. in one room. So I'll just put on a play, I'll go create radio station. And in a weird way that this is on Spotify, like that does therefore create probably more, uh, more samey in a way, like, cause it's kind of looking for sonically similar stuff. So in yeah. maybe in some respects, cause I get cross when it goes sonically off what I was listening. It's like, why would yeah, I want that? It's, it's jarring. <laughs> yeah. It's jarring. I mean, I think I think essentially these days, more often than not, we want music to be background noise. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the strangest things that I slowly discovered as I started being a singer is that most people don't actually like music. We need music, oh. but I don't think most people like music. Really, um, I I would say so. I would say so. I think I think often. People's experience of music is as a soundtrack, as it's background noise. It's not to, I don't know. It was just my experience of music always when I was a, from a very, very young child. It was, it was, it was like eating a meal. It was a right. complete focus. It was eating a meal on your own that was amazing. Yeah. Um. It it was a total focus. It was all engrossing. It was you did that or you didn't. Like I could never study with music. I could never. I find it very difficult to have a conversation when there's music playing in the background. This sort of stuff. Because mm. I want to listen to it because I like it. Mm. But maybe a lot of people just they they i think as humans we need a soundtrack but we don't necessarily lack to be distracted from what what we're doing at that present moment so with this album i was trying to create songs that didn't do that mm-hmm. they they weren't going because i think night swim the songs are sort of very they you can just just i mean live i remember finding this live like i just get the audience into a particular movement right mm. whether they were like waving their hands or they were bobbing up and down and then the song would change yeah. and then they then they get lost and i would get lost too but that's what i had enjoyed at that time but interesting so this album i tried to make an album that worked as background music but that if you tuned into it you would be really moved mm. um and it is very moving wasn't jarring in a way kind of you know yes and it's i mean it's really interesting because like music i started out as a music video director so like music was my everything forever and i think actually music is you know i think the repressed have many areas where they take their expression and through music i was able to access my feelings in a way that i wouldn't elsewhere and maybe some people do that with other things football i don't know um but you know like (laughs) it's like (laughs) that is it, to be affected deeply by music, there is no more beautiful thing. There is no better drug, you know, like, mm. and not that it has to be about drugs, but like, it's, it's, yeah. you know, it um, <laughs> but, you know, my mum, so my dad, my dad was a jazz pianist and was obsessed with music and loved wow. and listened to, introduced me to tons of people and also had like 
a massive section of his taste that was into like elevator music but that's semi-jazz but Mm -hmm. um uh my mom on the other hand doesn't listen to music at all doesn't get it and it's like it is a bit like well what (laughs) what are you feeling inside you know like how what what a massive thing to miss out on i suppose yeah i mean i think but like the the experience that you just spoke about this this uh, i mean they um like a conduit for your emotional experience and that kind of stuff. Mm. P- particularly as as we get older, that it's draining. It's exhausting. Yes, to to have that experience all the time. Every time you listen to a song, mm. and and perhaps for certain types of people, that's pretty draining and exhausting from the get go. Mm. So I don't know. It's it's funny, and we and people we build little defenses and stuff in our minds to like protect our internal comfort zones and stuff. So. I wanted to make I wanted to make an album that wasn't challenging but still satisfied me and my need mm. for an emotional thing. Yeah. If you if that's what you set out to do, you've done it. But it's also I think that would that would be underplaying it. You know, I think. Oh, it, thanks. It, you know, it's extraordinary. <laughs> and one of the things that you've done since the get go, the first time I ever heard your music. How I mean, I think I must have heard your music on Instagram. Um, no, I saw the open season video. That's what I did, uh, which was directed by a guy called Ollie Wolf. Right? Ollie Wolf, yeah. Who I adjacently knew through because he worked in advertising. I used to work yeah. in advertising, and that video is so good. Yeah, it's brilliant, and it was like it reminded me of how Will Young, who obviously used to do this podcast with, how he played with pop. You know, like it was mm. pop, but it was clever. And mm. it, just because you're doing stuff that is pop it doesn't mean it can't be clever and witty and subversive and all those things that's what really lit um lit up for me because the open season video will you just do a quick explanation of what it's about because it's so good so basically we were trying to they they wanted me to make a pop video for that video Mm. because my other videos have been very narrative based and they've been pretty dark and like very angsty Mm -hmm. and it was the lead single on the album so we needed to make a really you know like a basic B pop video. And I was really uncomfortable with that idea mm-hmm. for various reasons, just because, just because I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with, with, with the more basic elements of the, of the job I do. Yeah. Right. Um, and it was basically deconstruction of all the, all those tropes, all those cliches that you get from music videos. And we're sticking them all into the video. Let's make the quintessential pop video, but um, let's play with it. Yeah. Let's, let's know that we're doing that. And then obviously Ollie brought his marketing head. And so the video is basically subtitled scenes of all these different moments that are introduced in a um, traditional big music video, right? Yeah. So you've got like your beauty shots of the artist. You've generally got like hot girls around. You've got some like this, there's, there's, there's plenty of sex in there, suggestive art direction, um, amazing locations, some some huge thing like a car blowing up or in, in the case of open season, there I am on a boat um, and it was really expensive, that that boat shot. So then you show that a bit like that a few times, it, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> this kind of stuff. And then, yeah, and, and Ollie was just, um, he threw so many different, uh, different ideas like that. I mean, it was a lot of fun to come like, put genius. together. We basically cherry picked our favorite moments of this big pool of what, what could we put in there? Yeah. And saw how we, how we wanted to do them. And I had this, this thing of this sort of aspirational French Riviera kind of it was actually shot in Spain, wasn't shot in France, but um, French Riviera lifestyle thing with subtitles and or like just, just, yeah. It's like, perfect. And it all kind <laughs> of looks a bit like call me by your name. 
you know like yeah. it's got that yeah. feel yeah it was just brilliant but i one ever since then you know like, i feel like you you speak to the queer experience and there are certain people whose lyrics i don't listen to and there's certain people whose i do and i never can tell you who why when that happens but i always feel like you're lightning conducting things that i hear people talking about a lot on this podcast you know and i suppose it's the you know we're vaguely similar ages as well so i suppose you're sort of in and experiencing things in that way but with this new album what would you say the themes that you were exploring that was sort of new territory for you so you know the last album on anxiety and this album were r- r- written roughly at the same time across this five-year period between night swim and one anxiety and there's just a couple of songs on islands that were written in the last two and a half years and that that whole time I was coming to terms with myself. It was like I came to terms with my sexuality really late. Um, not that I mean I was never I was never in the closet about it, but in terms of self acceptance mm. and releasing shame, of which I had bucket loads of that. You know all this sort of stuff. I was going through all of that at the same time, and then and then you know living it out, trying trying various ways of of being myself. And you know I went to Berlin and. I had that Berlin experience for you. And, you know, just that was trying different outfits on of how to be um, a good queen. Yes. And, um, and writing about it and the pitfalls of various things. And, and you know, the struggle I had with um, intimacy and, and, and emotion, receiving love, giving love, this is, I mean, this is something I still think about, I'm still thinking about now. But, and I've only recently realised in the last, like, six or seven months that, it is, as you said, and I'm, I'm really glad you said that. Just, with, I do think I write about, it's like specifically about a queer experience. I didn't even know that really? I was doing it, but I'm looking back at the stuff because of the release of this album. I'm looking back at the other two albums. Like, what is this about? Like, what? I don't really like this idea that an artist know, or a singer, like they know what they're about when they're doing. It. I haven't had no idea what I'm about, what I'm writing. It's so I've sort of been finding it in the dark, and then looking back, it's very much about queer experience. That is that, and that, and that has been my experience. And that is, um, it's like a search for community. It's feelings like regular feelings of alienation, isolation, and a lot of other things. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's interesting what you say about intimacy and because you got 
a song on the album promiscuity right and i think that that's one yeah. of the um so this would be a, a for example for me like a prime example of a queer ping-ponging thing which is like intimacy like queer people have a problem with intimacy let's imagine you know because we all hate ourselves so much like this is i'm i'm joking but these are like <laughs> slangy things that get say about you know said about quick things you know um so we have a problem with intimacy and then um promiscuity well we we sleep around because we hate ourselves but actually it's also community it was and also like one of the only ways to rebel against like a dominant culture that's telling you that you're wrong you know like that was like um i saw that you know that play the what is it the normal heart that, oh yes that larry yeah. kramer play right that's and there's and there's like some 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 pretty salient lines in that about why like free sexual relations is was such an important part of it at least gay male identity at the time mm. in the 80s and why so you've got this guy who's saying stop sleeping around otherwise you're all going to infect yourself and pass it on to everybody with hiv early 80s and then they're saying well like no <laughs> this is this is it's it's part of the um what's the right way to just put it it's just that is the rebellion you know that so and that is the community. That is how, like, that, is the, that there is community in that as well. And I certainly experienced community in that across the years, and I, I think that's a gorgeous mm. But um, it doesn't all have to be bad. I wanted to basically, with that song, I really wanted to take this idea that sex is dark and shameful out and say sex is also, like, a celebration. It doesn't have to mean everything. Like, you can, like, let go of your, like, Catholic shackles. I mean, I was born mm. Catholic, but like, or, you know, whatever. You, you, you can let this stuff go and actually celebrate it. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, that's the other half of the argument that I'm always sort of like warring with is like, am I being promiscuous, like, because of my shame or because I'm truly queer and have gone out the other side and understand that it can all just be free love, you know, and you're like, which one Mm. is it? Like, which one, which, which bit am I getting wrong? And I don't know. And I don't think there's a universal answer. And it's something I speak with my, my partner a lot about actually at the moment is, I mean, he's super monogamous and I have always thought that I was super monogamous until and, and now I'm like do you have mm. to be um like is it like and all the all this sort of stuff and and basically have this thing comes down to like we are monogamous but it's a philosophical little yeah um tussle and he sees it as more of a like a peer pressure cultural kind mm. of thing to be a certain way, you know, to, to keep up with the people in your community, you've got to sleep with a certain number of people mm. a day, you know, and, and, and this sort yeah. of stuff. And, um, and I just, I don't like, I don't, I don't really view it like that. I mean, as long as you're, um, you know, protecting yourself and other people, if it feels good, why, why not do it? Yeah. Sort of and thing. I think like, this is where I've got to uh, my version and my version is, no no right version you know what i mean but it's like what i want is a life without secrecy because i think we've all learned yeah. what that secrecy does and as a a queer man i am allowed to do with with my other half i'm allowed to decide whatever we want to do and there needs never be a secret because if you're keeping a secret from me that implies that i don't like being excluded from the decision making it's like if you want to go and do that have at least have the respect to ask me because i might say yes who knows you know like but let's decide what we do together as a team 
with with respect yeah. and then from there you know that can apply to literally anything like who's making dinner to mm. who's having sex with who and like we are in a monogamous yeah. relationship and i that definitely works for me like i just am not that person i never have been i was awful at like all of that stuff i just was i always was like i was reminiscing <laughs> with a friend the other day we, like we, someone popped up on instagram who i used to know from when we were out and about years ago and I texted my friend going, oh, my God, do you remember this guy? And he was really hot and we never spoke to him because we were too scared. And then yeah. he was like, I don't remember this guy. I was like, we saw him here. We saw him there, blah, 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 blah. And then it sort of went off on this trail of remembering people who, like, we got into scrapes with and all of that. And also just memories coming back of, like, how I was just, I just dropped the ball every time. Like, <laughs> I was just so rubbish. <laughs> What with like with, with yeah, flirting? Just with over, I always overthought like it, and I sort of like went straight to being in love with someone, even though I didn't know them, and just like. Oh my really? god, me too. But I, I, I did that up until like six months ago. Yeah, I mean, I well, yeah. I think the only thing that stopped <laughs> eight months ago. I think the only thing that stopped me was no, no internal growth. Just I got married. So <laughs> right, that is... I haven't developed. I think that's what stopped stopped me now as well. I've met somebody who's like kind of the same as me, and we said so we're both yeah. doing it to each other, and that's great because we like yeah love that. And you're um... gonna have. You're going to have some, there are going to be hallmarks about you. Like, you're not going to be able to process everything, you know, like, and you just kind of go, mm. um, it's, yeah, it is what it is. You like, you just got to work out what's right for you, what feels good, you know, and um, mm. that's the thing. And no secrets. Those are my two things, I think, for that whole mm. ping pong between promiscuity, intimacy, blah, blah. Like, it's, t- it's tricky stuff. It's a lifetime's work, I think. Yeah. I mean, certainly I wrote that song when I was very single and for the first time, I think, really enjoying mm. being single um, and um, celebrating it. And that is that is where that song came up. And, and, and finally, for the first time, feeling like there was a space outside of mm. shame that, could, that, that I could inhabit and be in this, you know, without the terrible self-punishing, you know, like, you know, feeling dirty and all this sort of stuff after like a a quick hookup or whatever, you know, just that's, you know, cause that had been so heavy for such a long time. Sex was linked to this, like a whole bunch of really uncomfortable mm, emotions. Mm. And I think, so when I wrote that song, I was in 20, end of 2016, beginning of 2017. And it was at a time when I was like, finally feeling like there was a way out. Yes. There was a way that I could make sex a healthy thing. That's me. amazing. Um, I I always remember yeah. Rihanna sharing this thing on Instagram, which made me laugh so much, which was, um, I can't remember quite what it looked like, but it was like, it was about watching porn. And she was like, when you're watching the porn, <laughs> big smile. And then after you've watched the porn, like <laughs> the shame of like what you've done. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. and in a way, it's sort of meant to be like that for want of a better description. Like Esther Perel always, you know, Esther Perel, the sex therapist, like she talks. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she talks about every time I say this, I'm like, I'm not quite sure what she's saying, but like, you know, like it is meant to be the dark side. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something in that, that like, and if you're gay and there's shame around it as well, like trying to tease apart which bit of that is like the 
we all want to do bad stuff like things that elicit like all of that sex contains all of that and that's okay um mm. it's just that mm. it just needs to be the right amount i don't know i mean esther are you there <laughs> <laughs> um, where is her wisdom when you need it i mean i think i need to go through that in order to be able to have a healthy functional monogamous relationship like like i needed to let go of the mm. shame of in order to be able to be in, yes in a healthy relationship that was sort of my process but yeah, I suppose it's it's inherent, isn't it? Um, certain like forbidden fruit aspect of it. But then I also wonder, is that just because we have been so conditioned across years, like thousands of years, by a certain viewpoint that like we're like is this just one guy's perception <laughs> like two and a half thousand years ago mm. of sex and he's just managed to mm. sell it like through throughout, you know. It's, I don't I don't or, or or is it inherent in, in us as human beings that we find this stuff because like animals don't like no other animals feel they don't complicate sexual yeah yeah but i wonder if that's to do with the social side of it because it's like that that's why but that's why if i looked out my window here there might be two dogs having sex there because they they have no shame (laughs) (laughs) whereas like you know one of the other songs i wanted to ask you about was actually before i do that it's islands um not islands promiscuity mm. Mm. um what were the references sonically for that if there were any in excess was one. Oh yeah um prince obviously yeah was another one um that i think those were the two biggest it's very places. it's like it it sounds promiscuous you know what i mean it's yeah. just got that it's se- yeah it's sexy and it's slutty and it's yeah, yeah. It's like, I like it. Yeah, it's so good. And in Islands, the song, you were speaking about some heavy stuff, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, heavy stuff. I mean, it was heavy feeling. What, drug usage or, you know, friends friends moving on with their lives and I'm not moving on with their lives? Well, there was a a kind of friends moving on with their lives and not moving on their lives. Um, And I thought you reminded me of this thing, Tori Peters, the writer, trans female writer wrote about a thing called queer temporality queer temporality yes which i love and i have like we never grow up yeah and also like things happen for us at different times and i honestly have found that such a i found it really useful to to just not as someone who loves to compare with other people and be like well there you go um (laughs) to just sort of teach myself to understand that it's not always going to be like that you know we're going to have our own journey and actually the the sooner you committed to having your own journey or let your own journey happen this is what I say to myself the happier you got so stop Mm. thinking that the way other people operate is for you because that's what made you sad in the first place (laughs) yeah absolutely I I had exactly the same experience when I learned about queer temporality really um yeah it chilled me right out Mm. um on in terms of my personal life and and things Mm. um yeah, saying that we never grow up is a bit, that, that's not at all what it is. Just the different times that we experience things. I mean, yeah, absolutely. There was that in that song. It's just, I mean, that is a very queer experience song, actually. Yes. When I, like, looking back, like, the whole thing. Mm. You know, even, I mean, there's even, like, in the second verse, there's, like, well, it's not explicit about, but, but but there is, like, body image stuff. It's, like, not being gorgeous enough, never being up to the standard. I mean, I think that that, like, that, that has really, I'm just coming to terms with, like, now, how much that has plagued me through the last 10 years, mm. just not, not being up to scratch. Yeah. Um, and, and how limiting that belief can be. Yeah. And um, so there's that. There's also the, you know, 
friends and friends getting married, having babies, all that sort of stuff. When you're so, so far from that. And also, like, I've been thinking a lot lately about, you know, you were talking about the friends having babies thing and how kind of links to what we were saying earlier about queerness and promiscuity and how I have noticed. So me and my husband are having a baby. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That's really exciting. Thank you. That's really exciting. It's really exciting. But um, when when you come out, I feel like you cross through a membrane and you become queer, let's say, using queer as the catch-all, which seems to be just easier these days. And then there are, along this wall of this membrane, which you're behind, there are certain doors. And those doors are things which straight people, this is a theory, go with me, see as doors to allow you access back into their world and one of them is marriage another one is having Mm. kids Mm. and it's kind of like you feel the door open they might as well say oh my god you are like me no it's a hundred percent that it's a hundred percent that and and there's something in me as a queer person also that finds that so seductive yes right because it's like yes i can be like welcome me back into the fold please yes (laughs) (laughs) um which 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 i feel super uncomfortable about you know, in inside of my my own little mythology there. Yeah, but um, uh, no, a hundred percent, I would agree with that. Yeah, and it's it's so yeah. funny because, like you just said, like it's that thing of like, you go, I have to go. Well, hang on a sec, don't be seduced because that's an, a very just and very understandable old version of you, who is allowing yourself to be seduced and wanting to go back there. And actually mm. let yourself do your version that is, you can still do all that stuff, but just make sure that you're not pursuing something without without realizing it, I suppose. Yeah, this is this is interesting. To, I mean, I almost almost had a baby with a friend last year. Really? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, we're still processing that. Mm. We didn't, we, we decided ultimately not to do it. Just because I'm not sure, I'm not sure whether I'm ready for that yet. I don't know. We sort of didn't speak for a month after we decided not to do it. We needed to like mm. um, take some space, and we just saw each other the other day. So, I'm, so we're talking about this. So I'm thinking about that conversation. It's still to process. Yes. Um, but um, I mean, that was a weird one because the bl- like the lines of our relationship got completely blurred. Mm. All of a sudden, we started playing families. Yeah, which was which was also really nice. I, I don't know. And, and I thought, this is, this, is, this is a lovely way to have a kid, you know, with a friend. And, you know. and then it just actually, the, the reality of that is incredibly complicated. Yeah. yeah. In- incredibly, incredibly complicated. So, yeah. But anyway. That's and just it's a, spreadsheets. Yeah. It's, it's, it's spreadsheets, but then it's also kind of this, I don't know, if you're not incredibly clear with the boundaries, it's kind of a strange. Mm. Sec- we moved into this sort of, sort of like sexless, sexless hetero sort of, relationship thing and i have i have my own relationship it was very the whole thing was really quite confusing but um yeah no we're like we're good now but i think also part of the process is i don't like using these kinds of sayings but i can't think of anything right now it's like deciding to have a baby with someone part of it is like kicking the tires and checking that this is right and if you step back Mm. and say it's not right then that's brilliant for everybody. It's not a failure. That is brilliant for everybody because you had yeah. to go through the experience of testing. Yeah. Yeah. So we did six months of kicking the tires. I love that expression, actually. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really... It removes all the, <laughs> removes all the, like, the overly emotional stuff from it. I love it. 
This is a great chat. I loving this. That's the end of part one of our lovely chat with Joseph. If you want to hear part two, which would be mad not to, because we're going to be hearing more things from you listeners in part two, head over to the feed and click play. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.